it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls rallied for a 3-2 victory over Sporting Kansas City for new head coach Chris Armis' first victory. Now New York tries to keep the momentum going at Red Bull Arena versus New England. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Full of Bulls podcast. Alongside Alfredo Fomasi and Mike Corbett, we're talking all things about the New York Red Bulls and, of course, RB2 and a lot of the news uh, off the field as well as on the field. Of course, follow us on our Twitter page at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls. Find us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. If you don't have iTunes, I always forget to mention this. Also on Podbean. You can download the Podbean ad. And uh, listen to it right on your uh, your mobile devices, like I do. Alfredo, first, I'm sorry I wasn't around last week. I mentioned two weeks ago I was going off to Scottsdale, Arizona, with my wife for for a week vacation. Uh, I was looking possibly to do the podcast while there at the resort in in, uh, in Arizona. Just things are going a little hectic, so I apologize for not being around. I'm glad I didn't really watch too much of that game, though the NYCFC game. Uh, so at least didn't ruin too much of my vacation there. But uh, Alfredo, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in about two weeks. I'm doing great, man. Uh, World Cup's done. Uh, so yeah. there, there's a little bit of uh, entertaining of a hangover. World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. There's a little yeah. bit of a hangover of having uh, soccer every day to watch. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, entertain, enter, yeah entertaining stuff also. So it was a uh, it was it was a very good World Cup, if I uh, if I may uh, may add. Uh, I just uh, I'd wished Croatia had won, uh, yeah. be- just because of the underdog status. But yeah. uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it was still good. Uh, France they showed their quality in the yeah, end. Absolutely, uh, they're they're a pretty good team too. So I, yeah, I always thought that uh, the winner was going to come out of that uh, France Belgium game. Uh, so yeah. I actually I picked uh, before the tournament started a few months beforehand. I, I just went with I don't necessarily you want to call them a dark horse, but I picked Belgium and you know, you could fill out all the brackets online, try to win things. I picked Belgium to win it. So I was looking pretty good. Uh, they finished in the third place game, which is still weird to have in a third place game. You know, it's it's not like it's, you know, some kids tournament. Go, all right, give the kids an extra game to play. You have these guys coming back, coming to play in the, the third place game after they lost in the semifinal with a chance to, to play for the the world championship but you know congrats to france congrats to belgium and uh you know england did well normally in the past they've struggled but uh, they they did a, a decent job this year as well as um what is that oh croatia yeah. but we'll get to the team that we always talk about here every week and it's the new york red bulls there's a lot been going on uh, i know last time we spoke it looked it was before the nycfc game it looked as if jesse marsh was on his way out I think right after we recorded that podcast, probably the next day, it was confirmed that he was leaving for Red Bull Leipzig. Chris Armas became the new head coach. Uh, they lost that game against NYCFC on a um, goal in the 86th minute. Was Maxi Morales, I think, scored the goal for uh, yep. NYCFC. I could be wrong. Yeah, but uh, they lost that game. All right. You know, it, it happens. Maybe a little bit of adjustment. Then the Red Bulls come back against uh, Sporting Kansas City at home at Red Bull Arena. Um, three to two victory, and this is this was a pretty uh, wild game back and forth. BWP scores early in the fourth minute. Four minutes later, Johnny Russell scores to equalize for Sporting Kansas City. Then Kansas City took the lead. The first fifty-first minute, Roger Espinosa had a nice blast for a goal. 
Then this, you know, I'll come back to this uh, in a moment. The, the the substitution in the 60th minute, Mark Schakowsky comes on for Kaku. They were people questioning whether they're coming on for Kaku or not. They sort of explained it a little bit on the broadcast later on. But then, boom, within a matter of seven, eight minutes, two goals. In the 72nd and the 79th minute, two goals from Schakowsky. And the Red Bulls go on to win three to two over Sporting Kansas City. And um, with this one, Alfredo, just I'll get to it. The subbing off of uh, Kaku for Shakovsky. I know when I was first watching it, I'm going, why are you subbing off Kaku? I know I, w- I was watching on the MSG broadcast at home. I couldn't make it out to the game. I know Shep Messing was questioning it a little bit. Michelle Gindris, the, the sideline reporter, she had spoken with one of the assistants. They said that Kaku was doing a little bit more uh, defensive work you know, that they asked him to do. And then, you know, they just needed to get fresh legs on with Shakovsky. But then... What he did, and he wanted for his efforts, me making MLS team of the week, just mm-hmm. those two goals, just how the, you know, it changed the outcome of, not only how it changed the outcome of the game, and just the overall outlook, Alfredo, of the Red Bulls going, you know, after this, after, lo- you know, losing to NYCF, you know, early the week before, and it's the struggles they had up into the first half, almost up into that point, too, where it almost just changed uh, the um, I don't want to say it's a season changer, but it just, it really, or it saved the season, but it just really just changed the overall attitude around the Red Bulls. No, look, uh, absolutely. I think that, uh, and I'll get into the substitution a little bit, but I just wanted to talk a, a little bit about the, you know, Jesse Marsh leaving, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Harmon's taking over. So uh, from, from the technical standpoint or from the technical staff standpoint, not much, right? Uh but you are losing your coach, right? Uh, so I think that the NYCFC uh, game, uh, there is a little bit of a of a hangover, if you will, if you want to call it that. And, and the way I, I read that is that, uh, yes, you know, uh, there's no new coach that comes in. You don't have to prove yourself to the new coach, um, it's much like the NYCFC uh, team had to do with the, with this other guy. Um, but here's the thing. Jesse Marsh is, it, it has one type of personality and Chris Armas has another type of personality. So I think that that the players uh, recognize that. Right. So while Jesse can sometimes be a guy that's very intense and not so much on your face, but uh, or in your face, but a guy that's on your case, a guy that pushes you, that uh, that carries his intensity to his to his coaching style. Uh, the players feel that the players feel the need uh, to be intense because that's what Jesse Marsh uh, asks. And I think there was a, a little bit of a, of a, of a toning down by the players, if you will, because there's not that intense Jesse Marsh and training that, that intensity is also missing uh, uh, from the sideline. Jesse Marsh is very vocal on the sideline. He's usually very animated in the sideline and yeah. Armas doesn't have that style. Not to say that Armas is not a good coach, uh, not to say that Armas is, is an inferior coach uh, to Jesse Marsh, but that's yet to be proven. But it's a different guy. It's a different style. It's a different personality. He pushes the team differently. So I think that there was a little bit of a, a, a tone down uh, by the team. Uh, even when he comes out uh, at the half and he has the halftime uh, interview um, with the with the with the Michelle, is it Michelle? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Michelle yeah. there uh, at the half of the uh, the, the Sporting KC. He himself mentions. Uh, that 
the 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 pressure that usually the pressuring style that the, the Red Bulls usually play in uh, was not working because a lot of guys had the timing incorrect. So whether it's a lack of intensity, whether it's it was the weather that played a, a a factor into it, he was able to recognize that there was some guys that or, or the team in general wasn't playing up to the intensity that they're usually uh, used to. Now, if Jesse Marsh is on the sidelines then maybe it's a different story, right? Yeah. But nonetheless, um, and, and I wanted to to rein it back uh, to the Kaku substitution. I think everybody was surprised, including Kaku, because Kaku yeah. had walked to the sideline. He's uh, and, and as you have the camera angle uh, behind the guys that are coming in, you can see Kaku, and Kaku is smiling. He's walking up to the sideline. I don't know if he was getting, he was just getting positioned or if he was getting some water, uh, but he's smiling to the sideline, and then somebody tells him, and he, he point, he put, takes his finger and points yeah. at, at himself and say, me? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and then he was as surprised as uh, uh, Saskowski came in and then you see another angle of Kaku getting on a bench. He's visibly angry that yeah. he got taken out. Of course, look, he's a surprise because Kaku is a playmaker. He's a, the team, not only the team's uh, leader in assists, but he's also the league's assist leader. Uh, so he, he was surprised. He's a guy that could that could that could feed a ball. He's a guy that could that could change a game with a pass, with a shot. But uh, as it turned out, uh, and the way it was identified. And the way it was later explained was that, as you mentioned, the Rebels needed fresh legs in that position. And as soon as Zaskowski came in, you could see the difference right away. You could see him spread the ball. You could see him feeding guys. You could see him finding guys in the holes. And uh, I think that he, he, he went in there with the clear intention that, look, you got a shot from the outside. Go in there and take those shots. The first goal is a perfectly taken ball uh uh you know right outside the, the box that he just drives into the opposite corner and beats the goalie and then the second again is having that space in front of him and being able to get that that shot off um we have seen Zaskowski take uh, free kicks, and he's a guy that likes to whip balls into the box, and he applies that same style in his shooting. Uh, so I, I thought that, you know, in hindsight, this, the, the the decision was was great, right? Yeah. But I think that as soon as Zaskowski, <laughs> yeah, as soon as he comes into the field, there's there's a there's a difference. There's a, a, a noticeable difference in the way that the Red Bulls are playing. There's there's a, a, a more sense of urgency. There's also an increase in pace in which the ball is being played and being passed around, being circulated. And I think that, that those were the instructions to, to Zaskowski to, to uh, go in, uh, make the ball move, try to find uh, the, the, the holes and the defense in, in Sporting KC and, and try to find uh, some isolation uh, with guys one-on-one -on -one that they could penetrate behind the defense and that's what he did and he was fortunate enough to 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 be able to take those shots and to, to have those shots go in but i can't take anything uh, away from him i got to give him a lot of credit because uh he saw the chances and he took them and he capitalized and he was uh the catalyst for the rebels turned around now is it a turning point in the season i don't know if if i would say it, it's definitely a, a a mark you know what it is it's um i always go back to what, what they say in, in baseball although i always go back not as if i ever said it on this show before we don't talk much baseball but they go momentum is as good as your next day starting pitching right you're starting mm -hmm. pitcher the next day so yeah we could look at this where yeah you know they hit a little bit of a lull you know rebounding from losing their head coach that they all rallied around, losing to their rival NYCFC uh, on a last-minute goal. 
then a little bit of the struggles that they had in the first half against Sporting Kansas City, then all of a sudden it snapped. It can be something, but, you know, we'll get into it in a little while, you know, New England yeah. coming to town. It, 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 you know, the momentum only goes as far as your, your next game and how you, you take that forward and what, what you make of it. Now, has maybe throwing out the NYCFC game, um, has there been anything you've seen so far with, with the, the play under Chris Armas that lets you see that, yeah, he's still bringing in a lot of the same stuff that Jesse did? Or have you really seen anything overall different? I, you know, I know it's tough to analyze with the NYCFC game where they, they looked a little out of sorts and playing yeah. on the small field at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, look, I, I, I definitely think that there's a little bit of a, of the intensity that we saw in, in Jesse Marsh as uh, under Jesse Marsh, as I mentioned. Um, the NYCFC is always going to be an odd game, as you mentioned, because of the pitch. Uh, and I think that there was a really a, a, a mental breakdown by uh, by Tyler Adams on that ball, but putting uh, Aaron Long uh, uh, under under pressure, and uh, Aaron Long lost the ball. So it was a little bit of a of a mental breakdown. This and, is. A, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. And also, just to be fair for the you know the, the boys in the Bronx, the NYCFC. They're coming off also two four nothing losses this season to the Red Bulls. So yeah. you know, give them a little bit. They are a good team too. So give them credit being able to you know to rebound and to, to win at home. So it wasn't as if you know the Red Bulls dropped to a last place team. They, you know, they, NYCFC just won yeah. their three straight games this past week and they sit in second place in the conference. So yeah, I mean, we'll give them that that bit of uh, you know, credit. Look, they're a good team by by uh, by MLS standards. No, I'm not taking yeah. anything away from them. And they were able to they were they were able to take uh to take advantage of uh, of the mental uh, breakdown by uh, New York mm -hmm. uh that late. This is a game that's always very emotionally charged that mm -hmm. takes a lot out of you both physically and emotionally and, and sometimes uh when you have young guys on the field uh, you have those mental lapses just because they don't have the experience and the maturity uh, to be able to close out games or, or to be able to make sure they'll pay, play to the final whistle. It's unfortunate that it happened to Tyler Adams. Uh, but here's the other one, the, the other thing that I wanted to throw at you. How much uh, as the, the talk of, of Tyler Adams possibly moving to Germany been a, a, a factor on his focus and on his on his mental sharpness right yeah. because i mean we've seen it time and time again guys when when it's when it's mentioned that they're 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 about to to make the jump to a bigger league to a bigger team to get more exposure there's a there's a little bit of a distraction right so regardless of whether you're saying i'm 100% focused on the red bulls there's there's in the back of your mind there's there's a, a little bit of something that kind of creates a little bit of a, a distraction and i wonder right. how, how much how much tyler adams is being affected by that yeah i'm glad you did bring that up because just you know moving on with just the current state of the Red Bulls, just with Jesse leaving and the rumors persist that he, he might be coming to take Tyle Adams with him over to Leipzig. And also with Michael Murillo, where he's let it be known through his agents that he's looking to make a move this summer you know, over to Europe after you know coming off the World Cup you know, with Panama. And he's been kept out of uh, a few of the games when he's been back, you know, healthy being able to start matter of fact he didn't play in the, their last match panama because he accumulated a lot of yellow cards so he was suspended for their final um match over in uh in uh where the hell were they playing i forgot 
Where was the World Cup this year? Just, oh, Russia. Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just re- totally went blank. Uh, it was that remember. Yeah. Memorable. <laughs> uh, just with they've been keeping him out. He did finally uh, come back. You know, he came in for Connell aid. What was it around the 71st minute? Right. Yeah. He comes in also when they're, you know, they make their, their comeback, but they, he's been healthy, been able to play, but they've been starting Connell aid the past few weeks. You wonder how much that has to do with it. But yet, you know, Tyler, Tyler Adams is out there playing, you know, it seems like he's committed towards the red bulls, but he also understands in this aspect, he doesn't have a say whether he uh, stays or goes, you know, especially with it's within the, the Red Bull family. So, yeah, just, you know, I remember, all right, I'll, I'll bring it up here. I haven't brought him up in a while. Just with um, David De Gea, when he was going through a possible transfer, who would have looked like he might be going to Real Madrid, uh, they kept him out because they didn't want any, you know, figure he might be distracted or anything. Finally, that all passed, you know, uh, the, the, the fax machine probably got unplugged. Oh yeah, we're trying to send the fax. It didn't work. And you know, he's now with Manchester United, you know, for he signed on and take another four year deal. So there are the distractions. Someone like Tyler Adams, who is young, remember he just graduated from high school last year. Yeah. So just with all this attention, hey, going over to play in the you know the Bundesliga, one of the biggest leagues in the world. Yeah, the effect that might have on mm-hmm. someone is someone who's as mature as Tyler Adams, but still, you know, 19, 20 years old, all this being thrown at him at once. Yeah, Tyler Adams is definitely years mature than 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 what he what he's actually is, right? Yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, if it affects players uh, that are much older, uh, imagine what that could do for a nineteen-year-old. Uh, the thing with uh, with Mourinho is that if I haven't read it, and if you're mentioning it's because you you probably read it, if he made uh, his wishes known uh, to 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 Red Bull uh, front office. Uh, saying that his agents are actively seeking uh, uh, a deal in Europe or elsewhere, I think that the rebels have every right uh, to to sit him, right? Because uh, look, yeah. if you're if you're out there looking for a deal and if you're out there looking to leave, why shouldn't I be already be grooming or why shouldn't I be giving minutes to the guy that's going to be your natural sub- substitute? It just makes a lot of sense to me. And regardless of what the drop in quality is from one guy to the other, I, th- I think that the rebels have to be proactive in their approach to the position, because if Mourinho's intent is not to stay with the rebels at this point, the guy that's going to, uh, be stepping in needs to be getting those reps needs to be getting on the field needs to be getting used to uh, uh the the playing style of the team not that they're that Connor Lade is not unaccustomed to to that but he's a guy that needs reps he's a guy that needs repetitions he's a guy that needs starts and he's a guy that needs game rhythm in order to be able to uh to to fight off some of these bigger guys every single guy he's going to face is going to be bigger than him uh, so that's yeah. that's the biggest thing and so i think it's if that is the 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 uh the wish that Mourinho manifested to the rebels i think the rebels are doing the right thing by giving Connolly the starting position I, I pulled up here dylan butler who covers both the red bulls and nycfc for both uh pro soccer usa and he also does stuff for mls soccer.com this is from his piece on july 10th um so this is right after i guess um, the game against nycfc the new york according to dylan butler the new york red bulls have an offer on the table for the transfer of michael murillo from an undisclosed european club according to multiple sources and then um going down here 
The Red Bulls reportedly rejected an earlier offer for Murillo. So I guess there was a prior uh, offer out there, too, who has two years remaining on his contract that will pay him $88,000 per season, according to MLS Player Association. Murillo's agent is in New York. Now, this is from July 10th, so I don't know how much has changed since then, um, if anything new has come out. Murillo's agent is in New York attempting to hammer home a deal for Murillo to head to Europe, which has been a goal of his. A source close to the team said it's too early to tell if the offer is considered serious. Here's what uh, Mario told The Athletic following their loss to NYCFC. Honestly, yes, I would like to go because it's a personal dream of mine. Every soccer player longs to play in Europe, and that's the desire I have. I hope everything else gets sorted out and I can go to Europe. Yeah, so that that that's another factor also. So if a guy uh, has, uh, has already uh, some of his thoughts or some of his wishes to make a jump, and it's kind of in the expectation that the right offer comes along and the Red Bulls accept it, that's also a guy that – that is not completely focused on the Red Bulls. So mm. I think that the Red Bulls, uh, regardless of, of whether Burrito is an undisputed starter for me and for many fans, uh, I think that the Red Bulls are doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is a trick because he has really uh, really developed into a solid defender for the Red Bulls over, over the last year. So that would be a bit of a loss. Just, you know, just but overall with all these losses, just – how would you really uh, – it's too early to tell, but just assess what you know, Chris Armas has done, just really writing the ship with the rumors around Mario, the rumors around Tyler Adams, and, of course, Jesse leaving, and just also while competing for yeah, – yeah, it's July, but you know, competing for playoff you – know, for positioning for the playoffs and just trying to keep the ship yeah. on the right path, which really looked like to be a promising season, but – you know, two or three of these things pop up, and next thing you know, yeah. you might be down fifth, sixth, fighting for a playoff spot. And in what looked to be a possible MLS contending, MLS Cup contending team, might be just happy, you know, be just lucky to get into the playoffs. Yeah, no, look, uh, absolutely. I think Jesse, uh, Jesse, uh, Chris Armas has done a great job in and uh, keeping the the team focused, uh, and he needs to continue. Jesse Marsh is a, is a big loss. Uh, now, if Tyler Adams leaves, that's that's a huge loss, uh, and not that uh, uh, that the Rebels don't have somebody uh, on the roster that could fill in uh, for Tyler Adams. Obviously, we're not going to make uh, comparisons from one player to the other, uh, but all of those are distractions. So, uh, I think it would have been a lot worse if he if he inherits a team that's bottom of the table. Uh, as usually a coach that leaves is usually he gets fired, he gets sacked, yeah. bottom of the table. But Armas really inherited something uh, that has made a, a, a clear evolution throughout the season. This team has been uh, maturing. Uh, this team has been coming into their own. So Chris Armas, and being that he's so familiar with the process also, he, he has got that going for him. Now, all the distractions can't be good for the club, can't be good for the team. Uh, and I think that uh, in the coming weeks, we have to see uh, what kind of um, uh, where this team ends up. You got you got the fortitude. Yeah, you, you got the, you got the revs coming up. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you also have. Uh, Columbus in there, if I'm not mistaken. And they visit, uh, yeah, Revolution uh, this Saturday. Then the following weekend at home against Columbus, that's good. You know, another home game. But they then have a midweek. Then they go to, um, yeah, to uh, 
DC to the new stadium down there. Yeah, you know, I, Audi Field. So hopefully nothing falls on their heads there. With, which you saw uh, some of the the, the railings have been falling apart there in DC. Just like they had a brain. They had you know they might have left RFK, but RFK never left them. You know. <laughs> right. So I mean, it, it's a very crucial time of the season where Chris Armas the the biggest challenge that he has uh it, it, it is keeping these players focused and keeping these players on task and knowing that where they sit currently on the table uh third place in the east uh yeah. with three games on hand to Atlanta um only five points behind uh, they could well, six, six, behind, points, six points behind Atlanta with three games on hand and five points behind NYCFC with two games on hand on them. Right. Excuse me. Uh, and yes, yeah, so it, it's a very crucial. It, it's a very crucial part of the season uh, for the Red Bulls uh, to uh, maintain that consistency to really don't don't miss anything from arm from from Jesse Marsh leaving and also from any players that may leave from now until August 30th because as you know the European transfer window closes on August 30th so there, it's still a long time uh for these red bulls uh, to go through uh this uh upheaval some stormy times uh, and also some players that uh, may have may or not been 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 questioned as to what their availability is to to make a jump to a bigger league. Yeah, uh, one thing the Red Bulls do have going for them. I just looked up. They were one of they're one of five teams so far this year in MLS without back to back losses. So that's something you talk about a bit of consistency, being able to rebound after losses like they did last week. Looking back at the game as we wrap up the game against Sporting Kansas City, Mark Shikoski for his effort, his uh, coming off the bench effort was named to MLS Team of the Week, and his goals are up. Uh, one of his goals is up for a nominee for a goal of the week. Uh, I don't know if they've selected a winner or not, but I know his, his one of his was nominated. Uh, someone else, um, not necessarily nominated for goal of the week, uh, but it, it did make Sports Center. I guess they have a, a thing where it's like a, they have a top 10 list, but they also have a, a not top 10 list. And I don't think this is something you can really blame on him. This is probably more on the keeper. But Jared Stroud for RB2 in their 5-1 to one victory over Richmond um, last weekend, he had a hat trick. His fir first three goals of the season, but it was the first goal that he scored, which turned out to be the first of the season, two minutes in, where he came running in. The keeper had the ball. The keeper goes to clear it. Boom! Right off Stroud's face and into the goal. So I'm wondering, you know, you you've you've grown up playing the game. Have you ever seen uh, stuff similar to that in in a game that you were playing in or or refing, where it was something like that, where the guy wasn't trying to score like that, but the, you know the, the opposing team just drills it off as certain body parts and it goes into the yeah. goal. It, it it does it does happen. It's not something that's too common. Uh, because goalies are always uh, trying to get the ball out as soon as possible, but you always see that you know the the, the the strikers they always sort of jump up there, and you you never see it, but it's just one of those things where it's just, you never know, you never you know, know, one in a thousand all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, I think it happens more in the lower leagues, yeah. uh, where the technical ability is is not uh, as uh, as top as as some of the main leagues, but it it every so often you do get that. Uh, I mean, uh, look at the the second goal that Croatia scored. So, uh, I mean, that was also yeah, a, a, a mistake. That's in, a, that's in a World Cup final against a goalie right. like Lloris who plays for Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, and I know that he wasn't clearing the ball, but uh, he definitely intercepted uh, the keeper's pass out of the out of the you know Champions League final. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, 
also Jared Stroud for his uh, effort, for his um, heads up effort. He also made uh, the USL team of the week. Red Bulls won five to two on Saturday. Red Bull two. They also won tonight. They uh, their game just got compl- uh, completed a little while ago. We record this sat- uh, Wednesday night. So the Red Bull two. They were playing out in Montclair tonight. They beat the Bethlehem Steel two to one. Derek Etienne got the, the first goal for RB two. He went down to play for them tonight. And uh, Armando yeah. Moreno had the winner for them. I think around the 78th minute. So they moved to uh, fourth place in the Eastern Conference. 31 points through 20 games. They're Saturday night. They're at FC Cincinnati who leads the, uh, the conference with 41 points. Their game is actually on ESPN2 Wednesday night. Uh, I just was going through the stations. I saw it on there. Let me see if they're still yeah. going. Uh, right. oh, it's already over right now. But uh, yeah. last I saw, I think they were winning. They probably wound up winning that game. But if they yeah. didn't, we apologize. But yeah. so that, that's a big game there against FC Cincinnati. It looked like they had a big crowd there for a Wednesday night game. Uh, on TV there in Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, Ryan, Ryan Mira, uh, Carlos Rivas, and uh, Fidel Escobar also played for RB2 tonight. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read down everyone who played, but that's good. I know Mira had um, suffered an injury, so yeah. I guess to try to get him back, you know, up to speed, so he'll be able to to help out, you know, back up uh, Robles. Yep. All right. Coming up, as you said. Red Bulls sit in third place in the East, 35 points, five points behind NYCFC with two games on hand, six points behind uh, conference-leading Atlanta United with three games in hand. Game, another big one this week against New England Revolution, Saturday night, 7 p.m. at Red Bull Arena. I believe that game is on MSG. Uh, the Rebs, they look uh, improved this year under Brad Friedel. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference. They did lose to, uh, Wednesday night. To Minnesota United two to one, and so they sit with 28 points uh, through 20 games. The Revolution did rally to beat the Red Bulls two to one in Foxborough back on June 2nd. So, Red Bulls have never uh, are unbeaten at home in regular season. I say regular season against New England, dating back to Giant Stadium in July in 2007. New England did beat them, if you remember, in 2014, the Eastern Conference Final, the first leg that was at Red Bull Arena. I believe that score was 2-1, to one, and in the return leg, finished 2-2. So New England went to MLS Cup Final. Um, you know, they say they're, but they're unbeaten in the regular season. They've never lost at Red Bull Arena to them. You know, just with this match coming in, uh, New England's always a tough one, but it's weird this rivalry where it's always seems like the home team always comes out on top or at least gets the points. I know the Red Bulls did win up there last year at, at Foxborough, and that was uh, something that they hadn't done in a while. But just coming into this match, I guess, try to, as I said earlier, trying to feed off, you know, the momentum is only good as your, your starting pitcher the following day. You want to come out with another strong start here against New England at home. Maintain that positive vibes at Red Bull Arena. Coming off, you know, get some of the mojo coming off of that that three-two come from behind victory over Sporting Kansas City. Just um, some of the challenges you you might see coming into into this game against an opponent like New England, who did play midweek, and it might be a little salty after losing midweek, but also they had to you know, use up some of their resources in midweek, so you wonder what type of uh, revolution team you're going to get Saturday night in uh, yeah. Harrison. Yeah, absolutely. The Red Bulls have only lost one game in their past six outings. Uh, they're currently 
are the best defense in the MLS with only 19 goals allowed. And uh, Red Bull Arena has really been their fortress, right? So uh, this game against Sporting Kansas City where we thought that uh, they were going to take one at Red Bull Arena, the Rebels uh, were able to turn it around. Uh, but, uh, yeah, coming into uh, this game, this uh, the biggest thing for me is, is, is to continue to be uh, consistent, is to continue to... Um, get past some of the distractions. I think that the Jesse Marsh thing uh, is now behind their, their back They're you know, they're looking for the future. Uh, but, uh, you know, as, as I'm, as we mentioned, the, the distractions of, uh, uh, of the transfer window in Europe, which guy's going where um, it, things have kind of quieted down with the, with Tyler Adams. He's also came out and said that he was hundred percent focused on the team, but the biggest thing is, is for the, the Red Bulls to continue to, uh, remain consistent and, and focused on the team. Uh, I think that, uh, the revolution playing the midweek game, uh, is definitely gonna, gonna be a factor this, this coming weekend when they play the Red Bulls and, uh, playing at Red Bull arena is never easy for the, for the, the New England, uh, revolution, as you mentioned, uh, and ever since the, uh, Red Bull Arena opened up. They'd never beaten the Red Bulls there in regular seasons, as as you also mentioned. Um, so it's it's going to be a, a tough game, uh, more for the for the for the New England Revolution than the Red Bulls. But the the Red Bulls also have their own uh, factors that they need to uh, work through, uh, and I think that they they need to uh, stay the course. They need to keep getting those W's uh, because when it comes time to make up those games. Uh, they will need to to stay on par with those uh, top two teams in the East. Yeah, as I said, you know they have a lot of games and a lot, you know, either two or three games, depending on what what all the teams in the East, you know, the games in hand. But a lot of times, those games might start coming where you got to start. They'll start playing some more midweek yeah. games as well. So yeah, it's good to have those games in hand if you need to catch up. But you also have to take advantage of them. Now heading into this match. Looking at everyone with their health, I know Florian Valo. But by the way, um, he did. Uh, he's out for the season. I know he did suffer a, a you know, knee injury. He so it was ACL tear, so he is out for the. So it is unfortunate. But then you know, Shakovsky comes back from his injury. He's able to step up. So just with the current crew, that everyone healthy, and despite some of the rumors with Mario this week. Do you still chance it and run out Connor late again, or do you say, all right, you know what, you're you're here right now. We're going to treat you as a member of the Red Bulls and have you go. Yeah, you know, it's been two weeks. Uh, you know, I'll, so how much longer are you going to, you know, keep him in limbo? I'll continue to play Connor late because I think that Connor late has really played well uh, the past few outings that he's had. Uh, we all know that Connor late is not. A world beater. He's not the best uh, right back in the league. Uh, he's a guy that is going to uh, be beaten uh, for pace at times, uh, beaten head balls at times. But one thing that that guys don't beat kind of late on is heart. And when you show that much heart, and you when you give it your all every time you're in, you're asset to this team, regardless of how big of a contribution you could give it on the offensive side of the ball. 
Uh, so I think that you got to stick with uh, with Connor Lade because he's he's been playing well. He did come out of the game, and I know that uh, the red uh, Chris Armors wanted to give a little bit more vert verticality uh, yeah. to that to that right but, flank. You know, being down two one, they need a little right. bit more of an offensive punch, and Lade's not really going to offer that to you. Yeah, and I think that Lade uh, was uh, he seemed to be complaining about his uh, right shoulder or his right arm, uh, but uh, you know that's that's all very. Uh, very minor, and I'm sure he could work that out. I I would continue to go with Connor Late. I would I would really continue to go, go with Connor Late. And it, it, just to just I wanted to say something about uh, Zaskowski. Um, look, there, I think that if you follow this team and you've seen the the, the limited numbers that uh, that he's had, uh, and he's obviously struggled with some injury too. I think that Chris Armas needs to find a way to to get him in the lineup, especially. Uh, when he's healthy, I think that both him and Kaku are guys that could that could mm -hmm. do a lot of damage to opposing teams. So uh, the biggest question remains: to how do you play those two guys? How do you put them in the lineup? Because apparently they they seem to be each other's natural substitute, right? And I, at times, uh, uh, Raskowski has has played in a, in a in a deeper role uh, next to Sean Davis. Uh, but I think that he could very well play in that uh, vacant spot that uh, uh, Velo left, that uh, that Mule has taken over. I think that uh, the skill that he has and when a player is that good, you really adapt uh, to any position, especially any position within the midfield. That's what he's used to. So I, I would love to see those two guys uh, play uh, in the lineup for for Red Bull because I really think that uh, with their skill and their experience they could really do some damage on opposing teams. Well, it should be a good one Saturday night. I'm going to try to make it out there. I still have it. Um, you know, always like to make it out to a couple of games each year. It's tough sometimes coming from Long Island out there. Uh, I'm going to try to make it out there uh, this Saturday night and um, see him in person. But if not, I'll be watching here at home. Should be a good one, Alfredo. Great talking to you once again. Uh, we'll uh, meet up with you once again next week. Okay, buddy? You got it, Mike. See ya. All right. For Alfredo Fumasas, I'm Mike Corbett. Thanks once again for listening to the Pole Bowls Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.